If you have your Bibles, please, will you turn with me to uh, the Gospel of Luke? The Gospel of Luke and the chapter 19. And we'll read the first 10 verses of this chapter in this Gospel, Luke chapter 19. And we'll commence our reading at the verse 1. Verse 1 of Luke chapter 19. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's just have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, tonight we thank Thee for the reading of Thy Word. We bless Thee, Father, this evening that Thou hast taught us in Thy Word that Thy Word is truth. We thank Thee, Father, that it is the truth of the Word of God that is able to set men and women free from sin. And we thank Thee, Father, for the work of God the Holy Spirit in convicting men and women of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And so we pray for the power of God the Holy Spirit in our midst tonight. We pray, Father, that you would defeat the devil and put every demon to flight. We pray that the fowls of the air who would be here to snatch away the good seed, which is the Word of God, that they will be banished from this place this night. And we ask that thy Word will have free course and be glorified. And for those that are perhaps listening online, 
or who perhaps have joined with us in this service, those that are still outside of Christ, on the broad road to that place where God has forgotten to be gracious, we ask that you would have mercy upon them. And Father, we pray that souls will be saved tonight. We pray that you would bless the Word of God as it goes forth tonight. We ask that man will be hidden behind the cross of Calvary. We remember what we have been taught in the Scriptures, that he, the Lord Jesus Christ, must increase, and we must decrease. And so we ask of thee that in this service tonight, God's name will be glorified. Christ will be uplifted, and that many will be the saved of the Lord for Christ's sake and for God's eternal glory. Amen. The story that we have just read tonight, the story of Zacchaeus, is, or at least it should be, one of the best-known stories in Scripture. From our very earliest days, perhaps in Sunday school and in children's meetings, we have been taught the story of this small man named Zacchaeus. The account of this man's encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not just a product of man's imagination, nor is it a fanciful fable, but rather it's a true biblical account of a real, living, breathing human being, living in a real biblical geographical location, who, by the providential and sovereign will of God, was brought into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. No doubt our faithful Sunday school teachers and children's workers have made the gospel application in the telling of this story. And yet, for many, the fact that Zacchaeus was a small man is all that we're able to remember. And so, tonight, with the help of God, the Holy Spirit, I would like to draw your attention to just four simple truths in the account of the conversion of Zacchaeus. Firstly, we want to think of Zacchaeus the sinner, and then we will be thinking of Zacchaeus the seeker, and thirdly, Zacchaeus the sought, and fourthly and lastly, Zacchaeus the saved. The chapter that we have just read together tonight starts with the words, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Our Lord Jesus Christ is now on his way to Jerusalem to his last Passover feast. 
In Jerusalem, he will be taken and crucified. Jesus Christ was willing to suffer and to die for us. And so he went forward to Jerusalem, knowing what would befall him. And yet, he ascended from Jericho onwards to Jerusalem. So Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Jericho is approximately 17 miles from Jerusalem, and it's approximately six miles from the River Jordan. Jericho was the first place which Joshua sent persons out to spy out the land. In Joshua chapter 6 and the verse 16, and these words and facts are important. In Joshua chapter 6 and the verse 16, we read there that Jericho was taken, and Joshua cursed the man that should ever rebuild it. It was in Jericho that blind Bartimaeus received his sight. The road from Jerusalem to Jericho provided the setting for one of Christ's most notable parables, that of the Good Samaritan. And in the story of the Good Samaritan, we are told of a certain man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was on a downward journey. It's estimated that Jerusalem is approximately 2,600 feet above sea level, and Jericho is approximately 1,300 feet below sea level. Jericho was known as the city of the curse, and yet the Lord Jesus Christ honored Jericho with his presence on this occasion. Zacchaeus, he lived in the city of Jericho, so therefore he lived in the city underneath the curse. May I remind you tonight that this is the place of every sinner. And this is perhaps where you are tonight if you're still outside of Christ, if you're still unsaved, well then you're under the condemnation and the wrath of Almighty God. Listen to the words recorded for us in John chapter 3 in the verse 17 and 18. We're told there, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So one saved man or woman tonight, it is your unbelief that places you 
under the condemnation of Almighty God. Zacchaeus was probably born in Jericho, the city of the curse. And so it is with you and I. For in Psalm 51 and the verse 5, David confesses this, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Most of you, if not all of you, will be very familiar with the verse in Romans chapter 3 and the verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we all are like Zacchaeus the sinner. And for those still in their sins, for those still not yet saved, the sinner's place, as I say, is one of being under the condemnation and wrath of Almighty God. Further down in the chapter that we have uh, looked in tonight, in John chapter 3, verse 36 further emphasizes, highlights this condition of being under the condemnation wrath of Almighty God, because it says in verse 36 of John chapter 3, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So just like you and I, Zacchaeus was born in sin. So he was a sinner by nature. Zacchaeus was also a sinner by practice. And you and I are no different. We are told in the verse 2 of Luke chapter 19 that Zacchaeus was a chief among the publicans and he was rich. If we look down further in that chapter to the verse 7, we read about those who watched and listened as Christ spoke with Zacchaeus. And they noted this. They said that he, that is Christ, he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And so in the eyes of the people, Zacchaeus was a chief among the publicans, and he was a sinner. So in effect, they had labeled Zacchaeus a chief sinner. But we ought to take great encouragement from that. Because if we look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 and the verse 15, the Apostle Paul himself said this, this is a faithful say, and it is worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So the Lord Jesus Christ is able, well able, to save the chief of sinners. So there's not one 
within the sound of my voice who is still outside of Christ, who should think that they're beyond the pale of God's so great salvation. Zacchaeus, we have read that he was chief among the publicans, so he was, in effect, a tax collector. He had gotten on well in his job, by far means or maybe by foul, and he was now chief among the publicans. But Zacchaeus was not liked. Indeed, he was very much hated amongst his fellow Jews. But we must not be too hard on this wee man, Zacchaeus. For how quick the people were on that occasion, how quick they were to blame Zacchaeus, how quick they were to label him as a sinner. But were they not, and are we not, ourselves, sinful men and women. Oh, how true the Scripture is in Romans chapter 3 and the verse 10, where it tells us there's none righteous. No, not one. Not one. There's none righteous. No, not one. And should you be minded tonight to think yourself not so bad after all. Well then, let me remind you of the prophet Isaiah and what he recorded for us in Isaiah chapter 64 and the verse 6. We are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind, have taken us away. Let me further remind you of the words of David in Psalm chapter 14, and the verse 1. Strong language used by David under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit. He said this, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are all corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. So we've thought of Zacchaeus, the sinner. And secondly, we want to think of Zacchaeus, the seeker. For in verse 3 of Luke chapter 19, we read these words, and he sought, that is, Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus, who he was. And he couldn't. He could not for the press because he was little in stature. Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus, who he was. And I wondered at this for in Romans chapter 3 and the verse 11, just after the words that we have just considered, there is none righteous, no, not one, just after those words, we read this, there's none that understandeth, and there's none that seeketh after God. So, how then could 
Zacchaeus be found seeking after the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God? Well, I believe that the answer lies in the last three words of verse 3. Zacchaeus just simply wanted to know who he was. When all the time and all the while the need of Zacchaeus's sinful, unregenerate heart was just to know who Christ is. Tell me tonight, do you regularly attend church on the Lord's Day? Do you sit in a church pew Sunday by Sunday Are you satisfied within your own heart to be able to tick the box of church attendance week by week? And yet, all you have is a head knowledge as to who the Lord Jesus Christ was. When all the time it is the need of your heart to know who Christ is. Is. Let's just turn, please, to Matthew chapter 16. And in Matthew chapter 16, we learn just how far head knowledge will take us. For in Matthew chapter 16 and the verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Whom do men? say that I, the Son of Man, am. And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, and one or one of the prophets. So there's a whole mixture of people as to who they thought Christ was. So the head knowledge will just confuse you all the more. And this is as far as head knowledge will take you. If we look at verse 15 of Matthew chapter 16, the Lord Jesus Christ speaks again, and he saith unto them, unto his disciples, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now tell me, was Simon Peter's answer born out of mere head knowledge? I think not. For in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 16, the Lord Jesus Christ answered and said unto Simon Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I want you to listen carefully to what I'm about to say, that tonight, if you're in this meeting or you're listening online and you're still not saved, you're not born again of the Spirit of God, 
you've never trusted Christ as your Savior tonight, unless the Holy Spirit of God convicts you of your sin, unless the Holy Spirit of God reveals your need of a Savior, unless the Holy Spirit of God draws you to the place of repentance and faith towards Christ, you will never, ever, ever, of yourself seek after God. It's the work of God, the Holy Spirit, alone to draw you irresistibly to the Savior. The wicked, the sinful, and the depraved heart of man is well summed up in Psalm chapter 10 and the verse 14. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Can it be said of you tonight that you have no thought of eternity? You have no thought of where you will spend eternity. You have no thought that there is a heaven to gain. You have no thought that there is a hell to be shunned. You have no thought that there is a God in heaven which someday with you, you will have to do. Zacchaeus, this wee man had himself as an obstacle in coming to Christ. He was small in stature. Another obstacle was the problem of the crowd. Zacchaeus was little, and the crowd was great. And I just wonder again tonight, what is it that may be keeping you from coming and placing your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Obstacle or not, Verse 4 of Luke chapter 19 tells us about Zacchaeus that he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. He climbed into a sycamore tree to see him for the Lord Jesus Christ was to pass that way. I thought of this, and I thought, isn't it good that many's a long year before Christ had ever passed that way? Many's a long year before Zacchaeus had ever even climbed up the sycamore tree. God in his sovereignty had planted the seed of the sycamore tree. Long many a year before it ever would grow tall enough and large enough and strong enough to take the weight of Zacchaeus. In the sovereignty of God, it had been planted there. The day that Christ passed through Jericho, isn't it good that there was a sycamore tree there in the center of Jericho? Isn't it good that by the grace and mercy of God you have come here tonight, or you're perhaps listening online. 
Isn't it good that the sovereign God of heaven has directed your steps to this place? Isn't it good that you can hear again the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ and that he saves? And isn't it good tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ, as recorded in verse 4, isn't it good tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ is passing this way? May your prayer tonight be, Pass me not, O gentle Saviour, Hear my humble cry, and while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. So we've thought of Zacchaeus the sinner, we've thought of Zacchaeus the seeker. Let's look now briefly at Zacchaeus the sought. Ordinarily, men are not likely to see much of what is above eye level especially when there are interests or distractions all around them. Not so with Christ. For we must remind ourselves tonight of the key verse in this account of the conversion of Zacchaeus. The key verse is Luke chapter 19 and the verse 10. And it says there, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. No amount of distractions, no amount of interest in the crowd, no amount of noise or mayhem all around would be able to stop the Savior from his divine purpose and plan to seek for and to save Zacchaeus. C.H. Spurgeon said this, Here was sovereign free grace. Jesus sought the heart of the man which else would never have sought him. The eternal purpose and plan had rendered it necessary that Zacchaeus should be saved. There was a divine must in the way, and therefore Zacchaeus was called, and Zacchaeus was saved, though apparently one of the most unlikely of converts. Zacchaeus, he was about to find out the wonderful truth of Isaiah chapter 43 in the verse 1. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. And this would have thrilled Zacchaeus' soul. For I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. And so there in the city of Jericho, there in the city under the curse, the Lord Jesus Christ 
in mercy and in grace, he stopped. He looked up. He, say, he saw Zacchaeus, <laughs> and he called him by name. Never met him before, but yet he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he was sought by the Savior. And I wonder tonight, is God calling you to himself? Do you realize and acknowledge that you are a sinner? Do you know that you can do nothing to save yourself? Well, listen to the words of the Savior to Zacchaeus. Verse 5 of Luke chapter 19 Christ said to Zacchaeus, Make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. I want you to notice that Zacchaeus obeyed the words of Christ to the letter, to the very letter. He obeyed the words of Christ to the letter. And in that obedience, Zacchaeus was saved because he obeyed the Word of God. He was saved. Christ said, Make haste. Verse 6, Zacchaeus made haste. Christ said, Come down. In verse 6, Zacchaeus came down. Christ said, Today I must abide at thy house. Verse 6, Zacchaeus received Christ joyfully. He obeyed the word of God from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ to the very letter. And know that you would obey the word of God tonight if you're still outside of Christ. Because in Acts chapter 16 and the verse 31, we are told, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You just simply need to obey and to believe. Zacchaeus, on this occasion when Christ asked him to make haste and come down, Zacchaeus he didn't add to or subtract from God's Word. <laughs> he just simply obeyed it. Didn't add to it. Didn't subtract to it. Didn't make adjustments to it. He just obeyed it. And I wonder if, say perhaps, if, if Zacchaeus had delayed, if Zacchaeus had said, well, I'm pretty comfortable up here in this sycamore tree, I'll be down in a while. Or if Zacchaeus had said, well, let's leave it until the next time you pass through Jericho, and then I'll consider all of these matters. No, he didn't say any of that. Why did he not say any of that? Because there's danger. There's great danger in delay. It was good that Zacchaeus obeyed. 
it was good that Zacchaeus obeyed immediately. For you'll remember the words of verse 1 of Luke chapter 19. And it tells us there, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. We've already alluded to the fact that Christ was on his way through Jericho to Jerusalem to his last Passover feast, and then on to the cross of Calvary where he would die for your sins and for my sins. And so this was the very last time that Christ would ever be in Jericho. So it was important. It was imperative that Zacchaeus obeyed Christ on that occasion. And indeed, that's why Christ said to Zacchaeus, today, not tomorrow, but today, I must abide at thy house. Verse 15 of Hebrews Hebrews chapter 3 gives us a solemn warning. Listen carefully to the Scriptures of truth. Hebrews chapter 3 and the verse 15 gives us a solemn warning that simply says this, Today, if ye hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Today, if ye hear his voice, harden not your hearts. In Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 1, we are told of the danger there is in hardening one's heart against the gospel of Christ. Proverbs 29 verse 1, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck or his heart shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Unsaved man or woman tonight, unsaved young person or boy or girl, I wonder, do you have an answer? Do you have any answer to the question in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3? Listen to the question of Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Do you have an answer for that? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? I'm done. I'm finished. But I just want to share with you some further verses from the New Testament and draw your attention to a little matter. In Acts chapter 5, in the verse 30, we're told in Scripture in that verse, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. 
In Acts chapter 10 and the verse 39, and in Acts chapter 13 and the verse 29, they both refer to the fact that Christ was crucified upon a tree. 1 Peter chapter 2 and the verse 24 said, who his own self, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. So, having listened to the account of the conversion of Zacchaeus, may I ask you just quite simply to notice where the Savior Where did he meet and save Zacchaeus? Well, it was at the foot of the tree. <laughs> it was at the foot of it was at the foot of a tree. There's a hymn in our hymn book, and with this I finish. When we think of the tree and Zacchaeus met the Lord Jesus Christ at the foot of the tree, we think of the tree, the center cross, in that hill called Calvary. We think that it was there that the Lord Jesus Christ bore our sins and our sorrows. It was there that he made them his very own. It was there that he bore my burden to Calvary, and it was there that he suffered and he died alone. And so by way of invitation, I'm just going to quote you the first verse of a hymn that's in our hymn book. The hymn number 280, we're not going to sing it, but I'll quote to you the first, the first verse of that hymn. And if you're still outside of Christ, it would be my earnest prayer tonight in the words of this verse of this hymn, that you would come with me and visit Calvary where our Redeemer died. His blood, it fills the fountain. Tis full, tis deep, tis wide. He died to see, he died from sin to sever our hearts and our lives complete. He saves and he keeps forever those lying at his feet. <laughs>